Friends are one of the best parts of life, but today we're going to talk about how the choices we make and life's twists and turns can make a dramatic impact on our relationships. Some friendships deepen, some strain or even end. We're going to talk about it all today. This is Thirsty the Podcast, Friendship Edition. All right, so today we're taking a break from dating, dating stories, and we're going to talk about, you know, something else that's really important, friends, friends in our life. Um, You know, Laura and I met, I don't even know how long it's been, 12 years, longer than that? How long has it been? It just came up in my Facebook history. Yeah, it was two, it would have been 2009 because it was right before Holy I got cow. married. Mm-hmm. About 11 years ago. ago. Yeah. We met because we were writers for a national wedding website, <laughs> <laughs> planning our weddings, wrote about it all. Oh, we're about too much. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then we have another thing in common. I don't know if we've talked about this. We both have twins. Mm-hmm. We were both pregnant with our twins at the same time. Yeah, something yeah. in the Chicago water. I remember we tell this funny story that – so I knew I had twins because I did IVF. I did it to myself. I put two in and I got two out. Um, but with Laura, it was a surprise. I remember we lived near each other and for a while we both lived in this particular neighborhood in Chicago – And I happened to be driving one morning and I happened to see Laura walking down the street. She was too far away for me to like yell at, (laughs) to holler at you and say hi. (laughs) But I remember in my mind, I thought, Laura looks huge. She looks like I had, I was pregnant. So I knew like what the size, I was like, she looks like me. (laughs) She looks like me and I know I have twins. And there was a little part of me that was like, hmm. And at that point you thought you had one in there. Yep. And you were due after me too. So... Yeah, we were the same size. You were due after me. You had twins. And yeah, it was definitely a, clearly something I was ignoring was going on there. So surprise. So yeah. Yeah. That was the day you found out you had twins. That was twins, the day I found so out. Uh-huh. Yep. That was a big day. Oh, yep. <laughs> so lots of lots of things in common. <laughs> yes. Um, well, and then we both got divorced. We both, or well, I'm in the middle of it still. Mine's taking a, a little bit of a time. Yeah. Um, I feel like, you know, our... Also, lives after we had our kids were similarly rocky in different ways of job changes and relationship struggles. And we would talk, you know, every now and then. It was, you know, it was kind of like a sporadic, like, um, catching up. And then we would see each other at, like, a meetup with other friends. And then we wouldn't see each other for a really long time. Um, So it wasn't really until this past fall, I remember I saw one of your Insta stories. And I saw your kitchen. And I knew what your kitchen looked like. And I was like, oh, did you finally renovate your kitchen? Because the tile looked different. And then you're like, nope. And then you kind of, you know, let me know what was going on in your life. And so then we met up. You came over and we drank some champagne I think and just yeah we got a little tipsy dished on all of the things that had been going on because there was a lot of life catching up to do for I mean, we probably hadn't seen each other in a couple years I think it'd been a while it'd been a long time yeah it'd been a long time yeah I yeah no I remember that I, like I think for me like going through the divorce process plus COVID um I, I don't know about for you but it changed a lot of my friendships it really did like some of my friends and I got closer You know, and others, I would say that we fell apart, you know, like even best friends, you know, and some of us recovered, others didn't. But I would say every single friendship in my life went through a change Um, because I was changing. I wasn't the same person I was before. Um, 
you know? And so I, I don't know. It's kind of like when you date someone and you're not a fit anymore, that happens with friendships. Sometimes you can flex with it, with this person. And other times it's just like, it doesn't work anymore, which is kind of yeah. sad. Maybe yeah. sad. I lost some friends, you know, during my divorce and I'm still hurt over it. And I'm still sad about it. And I don't really know what to do about it. Um, we're still connected on social media, so they may hear this and know who they are. I don't know. Um, but <laughs> just came to that realization. But um, love ya. Yeah, it definitely makes me, you know, it was tough. I mean, there were some friendships that I thought I was very, very close to and felt like family. And, um, you know, things went awry during that time. And that's really tough to still deal with. And it's been like three years for me since some of that stuff happened. And it still stings. Um, the other you know, thing I realized when I went through my divorce is that marriage and young kids, I didn't have a lot of time to invest in friendships because I didn't have a lot of time in the evening outside of, you know, it, it just, it, I couldn't maintain friendships. I could barely maintain my job and my kids. <laughs> like that was all I had. And so now I have this weird cadence of life where I've got groups of days where I don't have the kids and I've got time and I don't, you know, my friends have kids, they're busy, they've got families and husbands, and they're, you know, they don't have the same lifestyle that I do. So it's made me realize that I have to figure out how to rebuild that piece of my life of, you know, making new friends at this stage, and who are they? And what does that look like? And that's really hard. That's hard for me to do. Yeah. Um, but I never had time to really sit and think about that because the handful of close friends I had, it was a struggle just to try and see them. And now I've got these like blocks of days where I would love to have more people to go hang out with. And they're all, you know, doing their own family thing. So it's been tough. Well, that's that's so real, though, because like, you know, if you move to a, a generally 50 percent parenting schedule in, in divorce life, you have nights where it's like, oh, wow, I'm not. I mean, it's sad. It's it's because of a sad thing. It's like, oh, because I, I can't be with my kids right now. And it's like, well, I guess I could go hang out with a friend or I could go on a date. And, you know, it's really like I think that's why so many people that are getting divorced, like they tend to date a lot. It's not even mm -hmm. like I know for me it wasn't about sex. Like I wasn't sleeping with anybody really. But it was just like go connecting to someone and like going out for dinner, you know, talking to someone, having them ask questions about me, you know, like there was that. And then with my friends – it was so different because they have their own lives. They have their own lives. They're not necessarily available. And it's just like your whole way of living is so different. Um, I mean, I do remember there was – because, you know, during COVID, we were all in Ziploc bags if you're doing what you're supposed to do. And so I would have Zoom nights with some of my friends, and that was really nice. I remember um, – you know, in going through this process, I was changing so much. I had been going through so much the last few years that I really was a different person. And I was rediscovering who I was over the last year. And some of it was coming back. I remember one night and I almost started crying, but I had Zoom margaritas with this girl that I went to college with her. And then we were, she's my friend from Maryland. Um, beautiful, beautiful uh, music teacher. Um, but she and I were roommates during college and we were wild. We were wild girls. Like we would go out, we'd stay out all night, <laughs> meet people get really drunk. We used to love drinking wine out of shot glasses. I remember that. Um, but she was just my friend that like we had such a, a strong connection and we really loved and cared about each other. And we had this big life together that involved lots of laughing and fun. And then we both got married. And then like my life took a turn 
And I became like, you know, I was going through a lot. And then I remember this year, a few months ago, I sat down and we had Zoom margaritas. Um, we talked for hours. And there was one night, one part of the night where she just looked at me and she was just like, Heather, I haven't seen this person in years. You look happy. You're laughing. I'm, I don't even know what to say right now. You know, and so I think that's been kind of a thing, too, is those friends that you've had for a really long time. You went away, you know, while you're having a hard time. And then now you're starting to come back. Like, that's been kind of a lot, too, to think yeah. about, too. Like, friendships growing and stretching and flexing. And then those people that have known you for most of your life. I don't know. It, yeah. it, it's, it, it's a lot. Like, those are major relationships, mm-hmm. too. Yeah, it is a lot. It's hard. For me, I felt, you know, a little more isolated, too, because, like, my friends who are married with kids, like, they can't identify with my life how it is now. And it's hard to know what to talk about, when to talk about things, what to share, what not to share. Um, and I think, and I think they all understand how hard it is to be divorced and with kids and all of that. But I also have felt like the dynamic during COVID lockdown is they're all locked in their houses with their kids and their significant other 24-7. Yeah. And I have a 50-50 parenting schedule where half the time, bonkers, right? And then half the time the kids are gone yeah. and my house is quiet and I'm watching movies and whatever or, you know, doing whatever I want to do to an extent when you can't go anywhere. It really wasn't that exciting, but it was calm and quiet. Right. And so I think there is like kind of this feeling of envy almost from these parents who are in this like hamster wheel of craziness with their kids. And yeah. it looked really nice, easy breezy on our side of it. And I'm like, well, I just had five days where I was like on my own with three children, like yeah. around the clock. <laughs> like It's not yeah. balanced. It's like so topsy-turvy. But so sometimes it can be hard to connect when – during those extremes, your lives just feel very, very different. And I'm over here jealous because I'm like, oh, but your husband's so great. And you guys are yeah. doing X, Y, and Z together. And you're having family time. And you have somebody to balance things out with. And I wish I had that. I don't want to be stuck in my house alone yeah. with a dog all the time. Like, it's really lonely. Like, Well, I think that's real. Because, like, I, like, I remember, and I had to check myself. Because I had to be like, take it down a notch, Heather. You know, like, they would complain about their partners. You know, or, or like Mother's Day. That's always a thing. Like, yeah. ask any mother. Ask any mother. And they're all going to tell you how their husbands screw up Mother's Day every year. <laughs> um, so there's always like some big throw about, oh, my husband screwed it up again. You know, and I'm sitting here being like, <laughs> you know, like there's so many single moms out there, divorced moms. You know, it's like, well, you know, I, I don't know if I would say that so loudly, you know, it's like yeah. just like it, it's like a lack of like and I have to check myself because they don't know. They don't yeah. know. Like I need to cool it over here, too. But it's also like it's pushed me to be more empathetic, like for me to whenever I start saying things or judging someone else, asking myself, yeah, but do I understand what they're going through? Do I know what they're going through? Maybe I just need to stop. Stop right here and just like have empathy for them and support for them. And like, I don't know. I think people, my sister said this to me once and she's so right. She said people judge what they can't relate to. Mm -hmm. And like, I think people have lots to say about it. And it's taught me to like take a step back and try not to do that as much as I can. Cause I think that's very true. Yeah. I mean, that definitely impacted my friendships. Cause I was like, I realized I couldn't, I couldn't relate to as much anymore. It's like, and I used to be one of you guys. I used to be married. One of those married people. You know, and and now I'm like, I don't understand that anymore to a degree. 
Yeah. You know? So I, that also impacts your friendships too. It's like how do, it's like it puts a wall there a little bit. Well, also too, like I'm not great about reaching out when I need something or when I'm struggling. I'm really great at making my social media look like things are really happy and cheery and great. Like I'm good at telling the good stories. So I don't know that friends would really know the sad stories because I don't tell them those things. <laughs> like yeah. I put up some fun pictures. If we catch up over text, I'm like, things are great. Kids are crazy. I just started dating someone new or blah. You know, like I talk about like the high notes and I'm sure if any of my good friends listen to this podcast, they're going to hear some stories they've never heard before because they're things that, yeah. you know, we don't, I don't talk to them regularly about dating. Like I talk to you about it and our other friend because we're all single in the same boat. And so it's just a lot easier to relate in that way because we understand kind of what this life looks like and friends who've been married for 10, 12 years, like they've been out of the dating game for so long. It just, it feels different. Well, yeah. And it's, you know, I remember I struggled with that because, I mean, I have plenty. I have a lot of friends I've been friends with for 15, 20, 25 years. I have some friends that I met when I was 14 and we're still friends now. Um, but I remember, like, I, I used to think, because we talk about how in dating, like, you kind of have a dating self, like a dating persona. And you're not necessarily yourself all the time. I found myself doing that with friendships yeah. because something that I was confronted with. And to be honest, I think COVID made it so much worse because I'm not kidding. I couldn't see my family. I couldn't, like, I I was legit. I saw my kids and that was it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, then anyone who wanted to get on Zoom with me, you know, I was like hungry for connection. Like, I'll talk to whoever, whoever, let's have a drink and talk on Zoom. You know, even if I think you're terrible, Um, just to have someone to talk to and connect with. But like, I remember even with my very best friends, I did not know how divorce was like going to take my soul and rip it into a hundred million pieces. And I, you know, I think we're probably going to talk about this on another episode, but for me, it manifests like I had hardcore depression. Mm. Like I could barely move. I could barely get out of bed. Like that whole thing of us not leaving the house during COVID, I wouldn't have left my house if we were allowed to. <laughs> like I couldn't. And like, I really started having a hard time and I reached a point where I was like, I need help. I need help. Like this is getting like to be really, really bad. And I kind of sent up some flares to some of my friends. I don't I think I was too subtle and they didn't know what I was saying. Um, But I remember thinking that and I, I was just like, wow, like, do I need to like hide how hard a time I'm having? Because nobody wants to hear this. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sad today. No, no, nobody wants to hear that day after day. But that was my reality. That was the reality. And so I found myself starting to pretend yeah. You know, oh, everything's fine. Oh, yeah, I'm dating this great guy. He was not that great. Trust me. You know, yeah, I like I found myself doing that. I think it would have been a different story for you, though, if you hadn't been in the middle of lockdown because you were also in a position where, like, your sisters couldn't come and visit if you needed to help you lighten that load or for somebody to, for you to really no. connect with. I was fortunate to have gone through the hardest parts of divorce Pre-COVID, like I had been kind of doing the co-parenting thing for about a year or a little over a year by the time we hit lockdown. So I was in a good groove by the time lockdown hit. I was fine. 
Um, but with my divorce stuff, like I had a great family support system and people who would, you know, my parents would visit and help with the kids or my sister or whatever, like, and that was really helpful. And you didn't have that. So you were in a very sad, isolated bubble where it's really hard to pull yourself out of that. that you nobody who can come in and, you know, help, help you. Like sometimes you just need some help. Mm-hmm. You need someone to take the load for you. So, um, I think you probably would have been feeling a little better if your divorce had not happened in the midst of a pandemic of lockdown life. Yeah. It's not good timing because <laughs> we know many people have um, gone through that with this pandemic. So separations. Yeah. So it's tough. I just had no idea. I had no idea. And I remember I even, you know, one of my siblings went through a divorce and, and that had been a few years prior. And I thought that we were all very supportive, you know, of her. She was going through this tough time. I was there for my sister. Now that I've gone through it, wow, I did the whole thing wrong. Like I actually texted her and I was like, I am so sorry. I was not there for you the way you needed me to be during your divorce. And I appreciated her because she was very open about it. She was like, yeah, she was like, I didn't feel like I could be myself. It was really hard, you know? And I just think like, I don't know. It's just so hard. Like it is such a heart rending, soul tearing thing, even if it's the right, you know, choice in your life. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's just like, how do you, how do you ride that wave, you know, with friends, you know, without annoying the living daylights out of them? You know, it's not just a breakup. A divorce is not the same as a breakup. It's not. Yeah, I mean, that's where your therapist, if you have one, or if you don't have one, and you're (laughs) going through a divorce, please get one. Because I really just felt like I was paying a friend to listen to me cry. Yeah. Take take the burden off of your best friends and give it to someone that you pay to listen to you cry. <laughs> it's really the best investment because I would go into those sessions and I would go like over. My therapist was by my work office. And so I'd go over my lunch break. I'd sit in there for an hour. We'd talk through stuff. I'd cry my face off and then dry my tears and go back to the office. And I would just feel this weight lifted because I was like, yeah. I just word vomited all of this garbage and like, Sometimes it was because I had started dating too. So I was probably like too like distracting myself from the divorce because I was talking about some random person yeah. I shouldn't have been dating. Like there were a lot of things I think my therapist was very gentle with me on not commenting on. Like she just listened and asked questions. Like, like we'll work through yeah. the list. But I mean, <laughs> you really do just feel like you're you're kind of paying a friend to listen. And I think she liked my stories too. So I think she enjoys my sessions. I always come with fun stories and <laughs> I'm very open. I'm very willing to share because I'm paying a person to listen to me so I can talk about whatever I want to. But I think that does help a lot of you don't want to. It's hard because your family and your close friends are the people who are absolutely there for you. But you don't want to feel like you're burdening them. Um, I mean, at, at one point when I was like talking to my therapist and trying to figure out, I mean, I started therapy when I realized I was probably going down the path of divorce and I wanted to go through therapy and really figure myself out, figure out what I wanted and whatever. And at one point I told her that, you know, I worried about getting divorced because I worried that, you know, it would make my parents really sad or make them feel stressed or, you know, worry about me too much. Like, which are like pretty big feelings because absolutely my parents would want me to do whatever was the right choice for me, but I was so worried about burdening them. So obviously I wasn't going to burden them you know, quote unquote, burden them. It's not a burden, but I wasn't going to share a lot right. of the heavy stuff. So therapist, great person for heavy stuff. 
because that is what they're there for and they help you work through it. So, yeah. I mean, I, I always say anyone that's going through a divorce, if they don't have a therapist, I'm like, if you want to have any friends left on the other side of this, you need to get a therapist, <laughs> like purely, purely just to like word vomit to somebody else who has to listen to you. They can't not listen to you, um, you know, and then like it, it kind of relieves the pressure on everybody else. And it is like, you know, I do appreciate there were a few, you know, like. Right at the beginning, I was being so stupid with dating, like just so dumb and like in these ridiculous situations with yahoos. And I remember I really appreciate there were a couple. (laughs) These were my roommates from college and we have a text chain going. They're all married. Um, (laughs) So they were like, this is amazing that you're dating. We want to know all the terrible (laughs) stories. And so, you know, and I appreciated that because I would tell them the stupidest stories. And they'd be like, well, here's our advice. This is so stupid. I love it. Tell me the next time this happens. You know, and honestly, what I appreciated about it is that they I knew they loved me and they care about me. But they also gave me space to figure myself out. Like, and I needed that. I needed that. Like, we've been friends for 20 years. You know, we've seen each other through a whole lot of stuff. And I'm always going to be thankful for that. Like, I know I was not my best self and I appreciate that they gave me space to not be my best self and have faith that I was going to come back. And Mm -hmm. that that means a lot to me because I'm not going to say I was the best friend during that time. I wasn't. I mean, I was so focused on myself. I had nothing for anybody else. Like anybody else needed help and it would be so hard. I'd have to dig so deep in there, you know, because I was like, I'm using all my energy just to make it through every day. Yeah. I mean, I really wasn't my best self as a friend through, you know, a good chunk of the end of my marriage because I had nothing left to invest yeah. in people I was friends with or, like I said, in the new friendships or anything. Um, you know, I think I invested a lot in work friendships because that is the I had that eight hours a day where I was in the office around people who I really enjoyed. And so that kind of took that focus like where I couldn't do anything outside of work. Because I had to be home with the kids. I had to got to be home with the kids. But I didn't have a lot of balance with my ex-husband as far as kind of evening or weekend time to really see friends. And so my work day was part of that. And that has also been my challenge with COVID because now I'm home and I'm not around those people who I do consider my friends and coworkers. But then I don't see them during the day. And like, it's just so weird. Like all of these shifts have been so interesting. I think the moral of the story is that I need to go make more friends. Like. More than just me. <laughs> Maybe that's where we're landing right now. I, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> other other friends. Now I'm going to be like, who are you brunching with? How does dating and friendship mix? Like, have you had dates or relationships that have met your friends? I know for me, nobody's met anybody I've dated yet. It's not gotten that far. Yeah. But like for you, how has that worked out? Yeah. I mean, I dated somebody for almost two years after my divorce. So he definitely met some of my friends. And um. It was good. I mean, it's always good to get that feedback on somebody you're dating with and see if they intermingle well with others and all of that good stuff. So for me, that's been fine. Um, what I have noticed, going back to Laura apparently has no friends, um, you know, when I date, you know, men with no children, they have all of this time to really invest in friendships. So I like seeing that in somebody where like they have like a good friend circle because I think that says a lot about somebody and they've got, you know... They don't have children or a spouse, and so they do have a little extra time to, like, hang out with friends and go do things that I haven't been able to do. And so I always feel like the dork with, you know, here are my two friends. (laughs) Meet one of my two (laughs) friends and see what you think. Um, But that's where I'm at. Well, do you... (laughs) 
Do you, um, like, do your friends that you're, I know you have more than two friends, but like, do you tell, do you talk to your friends about dating? Like, are there, do you have certain friends that you talk to about it? Certain ones you don't, or like, how, how do you, do they know about that part? Yeah. I mean, well, I think that's where, again, podcast, it's, but. it's tough because any friends who have been married for a good chunk of time were, have also been married before all this, like, Tinder garbage. So I think I come across as like super erratic because you'll be like, oh, I'm talking to this great guy. Oh, a week later. Yeah. So we're not dating anymore. Oh, but I met this other guy. And it seems like I'm like, I know, off my rocker, like just dating everybody. And it's like, well, no, that's just kind of how it goes. And that's the pace of things. And so, yeah, I feel like I look just wackadoo I don't know I don't know what they actually think but then I have other friends who like do want to hear the story I mean everyone wants to hear the stories I will agree with you yeah people who are married love to hear of our dating shenanigans like that is clear um I don't I don't think there's anybody I hold back from I think some people are more interested than others and you know if people have viewpoints on it they're probably there no one has shared anything with me I just have the perception that they think I'm dating half the world so I don't know yeah I know well maybe you are within 30 minutes of your house yeah just this little piece of the world yeah I mean I do you know it's been kind of funny it's the times I have you know after we got vaccinated then I started being able to see some of my friends I remember when I had a wine night with two of my very best friends and it's like such a like cathartic thing because I remember we went over to one of our friends houses and she's been doing okay you know, like we've all been through some really tough stuff. Um, but at, on this particular night, I was having some like emotions about a relationship. And my other friend was also going through some things and having some emotions. And we sat down and we ended the night with I was crying. My friend was crying. And then my other friend whose house we were at was like, <laughs> like, are y'all OK? And we just sat there and everybody cried for a while and had a drink and some cake. And they were like, OK, this felt good. Love you. Bye. <laughs> it's just like you let go, you know, like when you're with those good girlfriends, I think. I don't know. It like gives you like you hold in so much and try it. Like the pandemic is made as like try to just white knuckle and keep everything together and hold it so tight. And then you're with someone who's a really good friend and you let it let loose and be who you really are and talk about how you really feel. It's like, oh, God, I didn't know that was all in there. It was yeah. just like hanging out, waiting to come out. Yeah, I definitely did a lot of that in the early stages of my divorce. I cried all the time. I cried all the time. Um, I cried on the train. I cried in the elevator. I cried in my office. I cried at dinner with friends. Like, I was just crying around the clock. And I'm not a crier, so it was a weird stage for me. I don't think I've um, ever seen you cry. Ever. Oh, well, you weren't on the, the L with me when I would sit and listen to this one song and just cry. I would put my sunglasses on and like seriously just sit and cry on the train. Oh, my God. What song was it? Um, it was a mashup. Are we going to judge you? It was a Hamilton, um, mashup with something else. A Hamilton song. Matchbox 20. Not Matchbox 20, although I do have a thing for Rob Thomas right now. I Um, know it. I knew it. I knew it. No, it was that Ben Platt musical. Now I can't remember the name of it. I came to Chicago for like a minute and I couldn't get tickets. Yeah. Dear Evan Hansen, it was uh, it was Lin Manuel Miranda and Ben Platt, and they do a duet of, and they kind of intermingle each other's songs, and it's real sad because it's about being like lost, and I mean it was just like a total sad panda song, yeah. 
That was going to make you cry. I know. I had a lot of sad days during that time. And also I had no one, I mean, our other friend that we chat with that we mention all the time, who we love, she was getting divorced at the same time. And so she and I talked every day. And that was my only person that I had to really like talk about all the real stuff with. Um, And otherwise I just felt really isolated. So that was hard. Um, Yeah. So I just cried, cried everywhere. I don't know. Cried therapy. In my office. That's so sad. It was, it was real sad. <laughs> Give you a hug through the microphone. <laughs> there is a um, you know, it did it did really push me to realize this year that like I think you need different friends for different things. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's okay. Like it's a little bit like dating. Like people you meet, like they're they don't need to be there forever. They don't need to be there like in particular ways. You know, like it is what it is. You don't need to force it. And I think friendship is a little bit the same thing. You don't need to force it into a box. You don't need to have a checklist. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like now I have friends I've gotten really close to. I've gotten really close to you and our other friend because we've all been through divorce. And like we understand that on a really deep, visceral level. I have friends with kids who we connect over the mom thing. Friends that like, you know, we went to college together and that's an experience you just never let go. <laughs> you know, it, like it's all, di- it's just different things with different people. And that's okay. Like you don't need to have everything all in one person. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, things aren't as simple as your best friend in kindergarten anymore. Yeah. And I think friends crop up in different ways that, you know, you connect where you wouldn't expect to. Like, again, I, I love my coworkers. I have really great coworkers. We all have a lot of fun together. We all really like each other. Um, one of my coworkers, he, you know, we had known each other for a while. I had been his boss at one point. Um, by the time I divorced him, I was not his boss. Um, we're much better coworkers and friends than me supervising his work. Um, and he was really there for me in my divorce in a way that like I never would have expected from him. I love him so much. And he listened to so much garbage for me. Like we would go get lunch and we would sit and I would just like unload. And he was always so helpful and always so insightful and gave me the best advice. He's just such a good person. And I knew he was a nice person before that, but I had never expected that we would come close in that way. Um, and I really needed, clearly, if I'm crying in my office all the time during that period of my divorce, I really did need somebody like there with me during, like, I needed somebody in the office who could, on a tough day, go get pancakes with me and talk through things. And he was definitely my person for that. But I would have never expected that to happen. And so I think there are people that just, you know, come around at the right time and are the right type of friend and um, just not what you expect. So probably a good thing to talk about here too is like, what kind of friend do you want to be? Like if you think about like how you want to be as a friend to other people, what, what do you think about? Yeah. I mean, I'm a really open person and so I'm like clearly a sharer. And so I hope that people also feel like they can share with me um, that I'm the type of friend who can listen and hear and not judge because I'm really open with things. So there's no way I can judge you. Like, tell me all your things where the bodies are buried. Like, I'll be supportive and not judge you on that. And I mean, that's, you know, the type of person I, I like to be and hope that I am viewed as. So, yeah, I mean, I will say I really appreciate there have been times I've made maybe not the best decisions mostly when it comes to dating. And I think you've been really good about like you're honest, but you're not, um, you, you're good at being honest, but not judgy at the same time. Like, there's one time I like had been dating someone, we broke up and then like I reconnected with, with this person and, you know, I was going to see them and you were like, I 100% think this is a terrible idea, but you know, have fun. <laughs> Do what you will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Adults. You're right on, on all of those things. But um, I think, 
I want to be loyal. I think about being loyal. I think about going the extra mile. I also think about, and I don't know what the word is for this, like now that I've been through it, I realize people are not always honest about what a hard time they're having. Mm -hmm. And I want to be more, um, not dogged, but like able to see if someone is like pretending to be okay and they're not and they do need help. Um, I want to be able to see that and if they want me to be there for them to put myself where, you know, I can help them if they want it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think about, I guess that's empathy. I want to be empathetic. Yep. I want to be supportive. I want to be loyal, honest, which that's in my DNA. Like you and I are very similar in that way. Like I have zero secrets. I think that sometimes I things come out of my mouth and I'm like, wow, everybody didn't need to know that, but it just, you know, <laughs> shot out of my mouth. <laughs> And now everybody knows, you know, I just like, I have no secrets. Like, I don't think I'm even capable of secrets, but, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, that's I what see, I aspire to. Yeah. As far as the loyalty piece, like you're definitely the friend who like has my back and if something goes down, you're going to be right behind me and you're going to help me like fight my battles or whatever. Like you are that type of friend. So, um, and since we share everything with every, with each other, like <laughs> we know everything. I think that's probably everything we've got to say about friendship today. Yeah, I feel like the biggest takeaways are just to be as open and honest as you can with your friend circle if you're going through a tough time. Like for me of taking a step back of not being someone who's good at reaching out. I definitely wish I had reached out more um, when I was having a tough time because your friends will be there for you no matter what. And also add in a therapist and you'll be good to go. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that. And I think when you're going through such a big life change, you may find that you need different kinds of friends. And it doesn't mean you need to get rid of the friends you have, but maybe seek out. There are other people that have gone through, no matter what it is. Like you may think you're all alone, but you are not. There are always somebody else that is going through something similar that wants to connect and that w- wants to be supportive and they need – like you you can find those friends that get you, that you can be your total open self with. Um, that really does exist. I didn't know that till this year, but it's sure. So I think if I had any advice, it would be that. Like if you're going through a big life change, find some peeps that know what you're going through and that can give you good advice, that can be there for you, that can support you in a real way because they really know what's, they, they know the dirty stuff, <laughs> you know, and they're open, they, they can be there for you. Yeah. Well, hot. I think we're back to dating disasters or yeah. maybe even good, positive dating things. There's some good ones out there. You know what? Next week is our first crossover <gasps> episode. Ooh, and it's a good one. Yeah. The one and only time. So Laura and I always tell each other who we're going out with. God forbid we go out with the same person because that's just gross. Yeah. So um, we had one crossover episode and it was for a smoking hot guy mm-hmm. um, with a really good story. He had a big secret, a real big secret. Oh, such a good story. Okay. Well, y'all have a good week and I'll talk to you later. Bye. Still thirsty? Check us out on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and thirstythepodcast.com. Say hi, send a note, share a story with us because sometimes life leaves you wanting just a little bit more.